0: or any way that I can make this a better experience for you, please don't hesitate to reach out. Hello, welcome to the Courtney Turn Podcast. I am here today with a very dear friend, Bill Whittle. He is an incredibly talented artist and a truly brilliant mind. How are you doing today, Bill?
1: I'm doing great, Courtney. It's good to see you. You're the smartest person I know.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I would love to hear for those in my audience who are not familiar with your story and your work, um, how you made this trajectory into what you are doing now.
1: Uh, about the only thing I can say is I pretty much fell into it, let gravity do the rest, you know? Um, it, it certainly wasn't planned. I got out here, I, I was a, I was gonna be a, a, an astronaut when I was a kid. I saw the Thunderbirds when I was five and then um, 17, I failed the vision exam for the Air Force Academy. and. Uh, some friends took pity on me, and we, we just went out and started making movies. So I was a filmmaker for 20 years, I guess, 25 years. Came out here to L.A. in 88. I'd been working as a, uh, an editor on TV shows. And then uh, in 2000, I remember coming home from an online session about three in the morning on the Hollywood freeway and saying, uh, Bill, you're, you're a guy with a great future behind you. You just missed the boat. You just missed it. And that's OK. This is not Stalingrad, you know, but you're going to be working for 24-year-olds for the rest of your life. I was 40, I think. And shortly after that, um, uh, 9-11 happened, and that was not exactly the catalyzing event. My dad died in 2002. He was interred in Arlington, and I was so impressed by Arlington that when I got back, I wrote an essay and submitted it to a a blog called USS Clueless, which I like very much. He ran it on the front page, got a lot of attention, and somebody said, you need to get a blog. Somebody else set, set the blog up for me. So I did eject, eject, eject for a number of years. And then in 2008, PJTV asked me to do um, kind of video commentary, and I've been doing it ever since.
0: What is your favorite thing about doing commentary, and what is your least favorite thing about doing it? To
1: be perfectly honest with you, um, I really much prefer live speaking events. Uh, just the.
0: So they good just,
1: <laughs> uh, well, thank you very much. Thank you. It, it just, it's, you know, it's that audience feedback that you get. It's the difference between being in a play and being in a movie as an actor, you know, you get that immediate energy resp- uh, re- response. Um, the thing I like most about the videos is uh, I get to take my time on the ones I write. And, and on some of them, I did one on um, the true story of the atomic bombs. And if I'm really on my game and I do enough research, I can, I can put down an argument that I think is irrefutable. So, so that's nice. The thing I probably like least about it is this constant on, ongoing sense that I can never escape, that I'm not doing enough. Uh, people sometimes grab me by the shoulders and say, you know, it's basically a, well, it's, it's not one man operation, but I work with Steve Breen, Scott Odd Alfonso Rachel on camera. But I do eight or nine shows a week and I went through a long time when I wasn't doing enough content and it's never left me. So I always feel like, my God, I can't relax today. I haven't done four shows yet, you know, so uh, so that's probably the worst of it.
0: Yeah, I, I, I can really relate to that. I, I don't know how you do as many as you do. I always feel like because I'm doing uh, the podcast and then trying to write also, you write your yeah. So, and it's, I feel yeah. like one always sacrifices.
1: Yeah. It's um, it, it's, it's just this ongoing thing. I, when I'm on, if people would say, Oh, you're a workaholic. It's not that at all. Honestly, it's not like I've got to be at work. Workaholics just want to be at work. I just feel like I'm never doing enough. And, um, and that kind of makes it a little tough, but other than that, I mean, I, I haven't been to work in 12 years, Courtney. you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm I haven't had to go to work in 12 years. Right. I put in, I put in, 70 hours a week you know but it's not uh, it's not working
0: right right i mean you do what you love it's not,
1: right? yeah it's a I, I, it's been a long time since i since i had a job where I thought, oh god here we go but you know that's actually a lesson too because um a lot of people want to live a life where they do what they want to do when they want to do it and they want to be famous or they want you know influence or whatever and it it just doesn't happen that way You, i, I worked miserable jobs for decades decades i don't think i had a consistent in fact i could tell you for a certain fact because i remember the day when the thought hit me i think it was 43 or 44 years old when i first realized i now have consistently one thousand dollars in the bank you know four digits right i was living on three digits prior to that uh and two digits prior to that so um it just you know it just hard work like anything else if you if you really feel a calling for it uh, persistence and hard work will get you there. Uh, little talent doesn't uh, hurt, but it's not <laughs> as I'm <laughs> as I'm living proof is not necessary. Uh, it, it it just does really come down to you know doing the hard work long enough, and you make your own luck.
0: Yeah, that's right. Luck is when opportunity meets preparedness, right?
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So what I I just I remember having conversations with you a decade ago about you know the apocalypse is coming. <laughs> Yeah. And I feel like we are now really a lot of us feel like no now we're really there. <laughs> so yeah, I'm wondering what are your some of your thoughts comparing, you know, some of the big uh, threats that we were facing back then as opposed to what's, you know, in front of us or appears to be in front of us now and what do you think are some of the most pressing issues currently? It's funny you say
1: that because Really, uh, needless to say, I wasn't terribly happy with the way 2020 uh, turned out or ended. Um, But for the last five, six months at least or so, I would say, I remember saying that. I remember feeling that. Ten years ago, I felt like ten years from now, we're going to be in real trouble. And I look around, and sure enough, here we are in real trouble. Now I feel like ten years from now, we're going to be fine. Isn't that strange?
0: I actually feel that way too. I do. You said that, that's crazy. I do, and
1: the the reason I feel good about it is because I've come to realize that, especially if you look into deep history and cycles of civilization and so on, that it is an unavoidable aspect of human psychology, that the better things get, the worse people become. And and that all of these harebrained ideas can only thrive in an environment where they're not being implemented. Once they're implemented, then the consequences are, are there. So if you take defund the police, for example, there are people out there who think, well, if we defund the police, we won't have any more police brutality, and that's true. But we won't also have any more protection and crime will run rampant. And it's not until that happens that people begin to realize maybe that's not such a good idea. So yes, it's gonna get worse before it gets better. Yes. I, I'm I'm reaching a point now where I'm actually kind of sitting back and enjoying the show, you know. Um, we have a president who doesn't know what day of the week it is. Well, this is this is who you pushed over the line. Here's 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 your consequences, and on and on and on and on and on with all of this. I just think that reality is catching up to us, uh, and will be catching up to us. And ten years from now, um, hopefully we will be sufficiently smacked so that we don't have to put up with these idiotic ideas for thirty or fifty years if we're lucky. And then they'll come back again, and somebody else will have to deal with it.
0: Yeah. Oh, I really, I hope it's that soon that we uh, get some reprieve from these. I hope exotic so, too. Ideas. Yeah, We're to I can find keep... out a
1: lot about the California recall. Yeah. Um, they're, they're doing everything they can uh, in terms of like above board cheating, uh, you know, like, um, oh, you don't have to come in and, and vote in person. We'll just mail a ballot it's on account of the Delta variant? So, uh, you know, uh, a recall election, the the comes down to turnout and it's the people that want the person recalled that turn out. Well, now you don't have to turn out. Now you can just mail in a ballot or as many as you would like, as it turns out. So, you know, that kind of thing. They moved the election forward in order to give less time. All of this is institutionalized above board cheating. Uh, And then there's all the actual cheating that goes on behind the scenes. They just found somebody with like 300 ballots and a number of different driver's licenses. and, And the newspaper article said, they're still trying to determine what the motive might be. You know, body found at the body found in the, the body found at the bottom of the Hudson River and feeding cased in cement, three gunshot wounds to the back of the head. Police suspect foul play.
0: <laughs> right, right. Can't can't imagine what the intentions were. Yeah. You know, I, I one of the things I keep telling people is that, you know, yes, there most likely will be fraud. We've already seen it. But that does not mean that people should not go out and vote because they're trying to demoralize so that they can That's exactly right.
1: Despair is the goal. And and, uh, retreat and abandonment is the goal. And uh, the one thing I've learned uh, a lot about, uh, it it took me a while to realize, but I realized from uh, the Obama administration that if you could control the Justice Department, you could control everything else because it doesn't matter what the laws are. the justice department decides not to prosecute them then you can break whatever laws you damn well want to if you can get justice you if you get the justice department you can control the government and so i've come to believe now that the most important elections that we get to deal with as as honest citizens is the election for the state attorney general and the secretary of state of the state those are the two offices that are the most important offices in our elections now. They're far more important than president because I'm utterly convinced that that we um, elected a president and it was the secretary of state and the attorney general of five states that basically uh, took that away. I'm really utterly convinced of it. Yep. And, you, and you know, it, some of it, Courtney, is just like, some of it is just really ultimately it's, it is our fault. I mean, it's our fault not only because we let it happen, but it's our fault because we've forgotten how to think. I remember, like the morning after, the, when you saw the, you remember those curves, and it's like, here's the blue line, here's the red line. Then at two o'clock in the morning, this thing jumps up, and now it's it's like that. So people start saying, well, uh, what about this? And and the immediate response was, oh, that was a that was an input error. Uh, it was just a data input error. And and everybody went, oh, okay, well it's just an input error. And and so I have a number of questions. My first question is, if this is an input error and you've corrected the error, why didn't it go back down again? That's a question you might wanna ask. Uh, You might wanna ask questions of how is it possible that the entire future of the country is dependent on whether one person strikes a keyboard key the wrong way. You might wanna ask questions about, you were expecting 40,000 votes, but you got 400,000 votes and you didn't find that odd at all when you entered that number into the record. That kind of thing. Nobody asks these kind of questions. Nobody. And and we the the you cannot have a, a you cannot have a free society when information is controlled by one side. I,
0: what information uh, is controlled. Period.
1: Yeah, it, it, for, and not even forget even the censorship because the censorship yeah. and su- shutting down the voices of certain people is the most dramatic and the least dangerous part of it. The most dangerous part is is that people don't realize what they're being deprived of. They don't know what they don't know. They don't know what they're not allowed to know. And um, and it's just epidemic. I, I saw uh, again, back to the election thing, I saw, I, I talked about the events at um, was it uh, state farm arena? Uh, Or or, or in in Georgia, was it all state? I can't remember. I think it was State Farm, uh, the the, the big county center, right?
0: Okay.
1: So during the the actual election live, they said, oh, they've got a a broken water main over there. The election results are being delayed. Okay. So I wrote about this and I showed the video of the person bringing out the things. And then 60 Minutes did a piece on it. I got a number of people saying, hey, Bill, did you see this thing? They kind of debunked this idea of yours about, you know, shenanigans going on there. And I said, I did not. So I looked at it. So here's a guy who's representing the people who were counting the votes in Georgia, who I am suspect of, assuring me that everything is just fine. And the 60 Minutes host says to him, uh, well, what about the people who say this is you know, some chicanery? Sh- and, and the guy says, well, they stopped counting. And then you can see right here that we are sealing these um, containers. We're putting a seal on them in the presence of observers. And the, and, the, and the guy from 60 Minutes was, oh, well, well then obviously it's debunked. Nothing here, right? And, and then the guy says, and it's disgraceful that Donald Trump would make accusations like this. And I finished watching this, and I said, I have a few questions that, uh, that are, uh, remain. Number one, who told you to shut down the counting? Who was it? What name? I want the name of the individual who told you to stop counting because we were told it was due to a broken water main and there ain't no broken water main on the floor. That's obvious in the video. (laughs) So who told you to stop counting? And, And more than that, I wanna know who told you to start counting again once everybody left the building and furthermore a seal on a on a on a container is useful so long as the observers are there when the seal is opened but if you have observers there when the seal is sealed and then you open it when they're gone then a sealed container is absolutely useless and it's a, it's in fact evidence of 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 foul play nah never came up never asked the question nothing now i am a reasonable person and i am I am willing to accept the possibility that the election was completely fair, but no one has ever addressed these issues specifically other than to say, well, the United, the Associated Press has declared Joe Biden, the the president. And if you can't answer a charge, if you have no rebuttal for a charge, that is a pretty strong indication that, that, you know, the initial, the initial um, accusation has some weight. I learned all of this in debate in high school is the best thing I ever did.
0: Yeah, you
1: know? me too. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, yeah. we're flowing arguments, and we're just like, oh, you just got these these legal pads, and it's like they didn't respond to this point that I made, and because they didn't respond to it, it's because they don't have a response to it. So that one's ours, and and this kind of critical thinking uh, is what's necessary to keep a, a, a free people free, Absolutely. and no one knows how to do it anymore.
0: No, and you know, I I love Feynman, uh, you know, the scientist Feynman, he says that there there are plenty of questions that can't be answered, but there are no answers that can't be questioned.
1: There you go. (laughs) <laughs> and, right. and, the, and that yeah. reminds me a little bit sometimes you'll hear millennials you know you talk about how poor their education is and 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 they'll say in all seriousness well if I need to know something I'll just google it I'll just ask Siri and I'll get the information and that's absolutely true and and to that I say the problem isn't that you can't get the answers the problem is you don't know what questions to ask yeah you don't have the faintest idea what questions to ask and, that- and it's very dangerous yes. and it's intentional you know
0: I, yes, that that was going to be my next question, because I think that, that more than, you know, more than anything, I think that's one of the most destructive things in our current society is really that people aren't asking the questions. And, you know, you alluded to this when you said it's not even just the censorship, it's that nobody is even nobody knows what question to ask, let alone to have the courage to ask. People that. don't know how to think anymore.
1: They don't know how to think critically. First of all, they're not inclined to think critically. That that in itself is bad enough, but they don't know how. And I remember, I remember this so clearly. I think, it was, I think it was 2005, right around the time that an inconvenient truth came out, there was a, there was a special on, on global warming. Remember when it was, when it was global warming? Right, right. A special <laughs> on global age? warming, and I think it was ABC. It was a major network, but for the sake of the argument, let's say it was ABC and Peter Jennings. And this piece opens with him in the, up, up in the Arctic. And he's fashionably dressed in his north face you know uh, parka thing and anyway and his these are the opening lines of this special and they're promoting the special by the way saying you have to watch this or else your children are going to die this is the most important program you're ever going to see so he's standing in front of the arctic ocean and very very seriously he says uh, the last time that the arctic ocean has been free of ice at this time of the year was 25 million years ago global warming is real and instantly i said to myself Whose SUVs made it ice-free 25 million years ago? Did, didn't didn't you just did you not just completely destroy your own argument by saying that what you're seeing now we saw 25 million years ago that's nope. ten times before humans appeared on the earth? Did you, is it just me, honestly? No, it's not I think just it, me. It
0: might be the dinosaurs' fault.
1: It was the dinosaurs' fault, of course it was, but but the Republican dinosaurs, yeah, but but they. But this is the kind of thing I'm talking about. It's like, does, did, didn't, did this occur to no one else in the country besides me? That's like, it just immediately. Yeah. And, and that just comes from, from learning how to question things. And this is the thing that the left cannot respond to. I was, I was in the last three or four days of my old job as an editor uh, in 2008. And I'd already gotten the offer at PJTV, so I was getting ready to go. And uh, they had a new hire producer there and a young woman. And I was in the in the break room and I was making myself uh, some some tea or something for brick for morning breakfast. And she walks in and without an introduction says, oh, you must be that conservative I've heard about. And I said, well, nice to meet you, too. Um, and she says, so I suppose you don't believe you, that we should protect the climate, huh? And I, I mean, this is like the first words out of her mouth. Yes. And I said, well, which climate would you like to protect? And, and then all of a sudden the vapor lock appears, you know. What do you mean? It's like, well, it, the Earth has been much colder than it is now, and it's been much warmer than it is now. Carbon dioxide levels have been critically low. Carbon dioxide levels 60 million years ago, 80 million years ago, were 3,000. They, they, were, they were seven, eight, 10 times what they are now. So when you say you want to protect the climate, you're talking about putting a pin in the climate and stop, stopping this beating heart what climate do you want to protect? Do you want to protect the 1490 climate? Do you want to protect the 1975 climate? Do you want to protect the 1200? Which climate do you want to protect? And she simply turned and walked away because because she had not, she didn't have the ability to answer the most fundamental question. And that is simply this, if the climate is constantly changing, then your obligation is not to say that the climate is changing your obligation is to prove that the climate is catastrophically changing in a way that it has never changed before. <laughs> and, and they can't do it. So, so this is how I judge whether I'm, I'm right about these things is I, I just look at the feebleness of the response. Yep. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's it. That's the best you got, honestly. It's not my job to tell you how to argue your own side, but you might want to start, you know, this, 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 and this. We can defeat that too, but at least it's an argument.
0: Yeah, exactly. And the other thing I can never wrap my head around is, you know, that somehow, not only is it human's fault, but I mean, we are just so magical that, that let's say it were our fault, we could cure this i mean to think that we we are like this tiny little blip in the grand scheme of the earth but somehow right 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 is, is this 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 phenomenon that's been occurring for millions of years that we're suddenly in control of how that how, how that path uh, goes down now
1: well considering uh, among many others uh, a giant asteroid blew a hole in the middle of the gulf of mexico and and, and wiped out all large animals on the earth and the Earth somehow managed to restore itself to equilibrium is telling me that there are very strong positive feedback mechanisms that keep the Earth more or less. wet. Yep. Right. The, it, because if it, if there weren't, then the oceans would have either frozen or evaporated a long, 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 long time ago. And I made that point too. I said, inconvenient truth. Al Gore goes all the way back six hundred thousand years. Well, that's a long time. Uh, Ten times that long is six million years. A uh, hundred times that long is sixty million years. A thousand times that long is six mm-hmm. billion years. So he's really talking about less than one one thousandth of the total period of the not Earth in order all. to make his point. And this is simple. This is not only simple math. This is just plain adding zero math. Yeah,
0: yeah. And
1: and and you know, so it's you. You can't have a free people if they don't know how to think, because otherwise the people that are not interested in freedom will just plain. Lie their way into power. I wonder it, it, what that would look like.
0: Yeah, no. That I, I had an argument actually yesterday with someone who's telling me that the biggest problem was our, you know, carbon dioxide, and this is why we can't have cows anymore, and this is why. Well, obviously humans can't exist, and so I asked them, "What what do plants breathe?" Is it carbon dioxide. And the Earth
1: is, has never been greener in human history. I mean, it's from cool. Earth, even now, scientists are amazed at how green it is. Which is, in in fact, precisely the, the that's how the feedback mechanism works, exactly. right? Carbon dioxide goes up, plants grow more, there are more plants, they pull more carbon dioxide out of the air, put more oxygen back in, and you stay pretty much where you were.
0: Yep. Exactly. And I
1: noticed that uh, that, you know, that Barack Obama and a number of other wealthy people have seaside property, which is not what I would be buying if I believed this stuff, among other things, you know. Look, I'm not a, I'm not a a, a lunatic about this. I actually made a living as a scientist, as a science assistant anyway, for 10 years of my life. I know how science works. Yeah. And, and if they were, and if they had not politicized this,
0: yeah.
1: you know, and, and, and had decoupled the, here's what we're seeing with the, here's what you should do about it. Yeah. If, 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 if that had stayed decoupled, then, then we would be living in a society of adults, you know, we, we could talk about it, but when, when they say things like, well, we're at 420 parts per million. And if it gets to 450 parts per million, it's over. You ask young people out there today, if they think the world's going to end there, they'll tell you it will because of climate change, all the movies you see all the science fiction, we have to flee the earth because we've poisoned the earth. So we're going to go to IO. I saw a movie about that. Oh, really? You're going to go live on IO because, because that's a better environment than earth is. In. But you know, If we get to 450, we're toast. Well, it was 3,020, you know, 80 million years ago in North America, 3,000 parts per million. And if it came back from that, then sometimes you just want to just say, you know what, you just go play in your own sandbox and have
0: fun. Yeah, that would be really great if we could do that, right? So what
1: happens when life gets too easy? You know, farmers don't have. Wacky theories about how if they concentrate on you know, on on uh, indigo aura over their crops, you know that they're going to grow more. They know you have to get up at 4:30 in the morning and milk the cows because they're in contact with reality. Yeah. And 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 when you've got some some guy who who really does believe this nonsense, they're going to meditate on 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 ways for our, our crops to grow larger. They can get away with that because they're not farmers. Their livelihood doesn't depend on it. If they're wrong, there's no consequence.
0: Exactly. What do you think uh, are some of the so you said because you said that you think in 10 years where we're, we're going to see so it might get worse before it'll get better but so somewhere around the 10 year mark that we, mm-hmm. things might start to uh, start to get better again. Mm-hmm. What do you think is going to lead to that and what do you think are some of the things that are going to get much worse before that?
1: Well uh, I'll give you a great example. So we saw in this last Olympics uh, I think at least two uh, transgendered athletes—two, two athletes who were born uh, biological males and then uh, became transgendered and allowed to compete as females in the Olympics. Four years from now, half of the female athletes will be transgendered males, and eight years from now, they'll all be transgendered males uh, because that's how it goes. Now they'll say things like, "Well, they they've been on a testosterone suppression uh, thing." That's fine, but. That doesn't change the mechanical advantage that the male hip has over the female pelvis, and there's nothing you can do about that, Jack. And so when when the Olympics, when the women's Olympics consists of nothing but transgendered males winning all of the women's categories, because that is what will happen with anything regarding speed or strength, that is that is what will happen. Then people will realize maybe this isn't such a good idea after all. You know maybe uh, the, the grievances of a handful of people, uh, don't outweigh half of the population, you know, um, I, you, you know, you constantly hear how brave this person is because he's a transgendered athlete. To me, it's like, you are competing in the women's category because you cannot win in the men's category. Honest to God, that's really it. (laughs) <laughs> right. And, and, and when I see things like this, I say to myself, you know, I played Little League Baseball on for three years on Key Biscayne and I, I won Best Sportsman Award. I was nothing like the best player. But if I went back there now, I'd be the MVP. If I went back there right now, I would be I would be the all time home run champion of, of Little League Baseball on Key Biscayne, and i And I'm 62. I'd clean up. I would hold every record possible for Little League Baseball if I were to start playing right now. And the reason I would do that is because at age 10 or 11, they don't have the muscular structure that a full grown adult does. So if it turns out that in order for me to feel good about myself and what an awesome baseball player I am is to play against 10 year olds, it doesn't make me a hero, makes me a coward. And it makes me a a, a drama queen and it makes me a glory hound. and and, 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 And furthermore, it makes me a thief because I'm stealing their ability to, to to compete and excel and 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 win and and gain recognition.
0: Yeah, the the feminists should be out, outraged by this.
1: Yeah, they should be, and they will be, and you can already sense it. You can already see it in the eyes of these women athletes who who trained their whole life, and then some guy who feels like a woman that day comes in and beats her in a hundred yard dash by a second and a half. Now, not by an eighth of a second or something. It just, just blows them away. And, and you see them standing there. And, and the, the part of it that's the toughest for me is you could see how heartbroken they are and how outraged they are. But you can also see that they know that they have to say things like, we're just really so proud of the of the courage of so and so and so and so. And you can just see it's like this is it's almost like somebody's got the screws going into you. You will say what's expected of you. And it's one thing to have something stolen from you, but to be forced to thank the person who stole it from you is worse.
0: It's infuriating, true infuriating. And it's demoralizing, which I think is by design. That's the purpose. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want, I'm curious your thoughts on some of that, because I think we're seeing, I mean, that's typical inversion tactics, but they're doing a lot of that, all these things that they're calling heroic. We're seeing a real loss of actual bravery. And we're seeing, you know, this, uh, you know, all these people put on a pedestal for virtue signaling, but no actual bravery. And to be really honest, I think it's actually cowardice. I mean, I think it's absolutely. Just- example when you bring up the olympics i'm curious your thoughts on uh, simone biles and what happened with that um oh okay
1: yeah 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 the gymnast right yeah okay so she's um she's done very well and she's excelled and then and then she had a bad performance mm-hmm. and she started to cry and she went home and she abandoned her teammates there you know you had a bad day did you Well, guess what, you are a world level competitor now you are you are top competitor in the world. And, uh, and so you had a bad day. And now you have to get out there and you have to do the best you can and you have to support your teammates and you have to recover from the mistake you made. But since she's never been allowed to fail before. Why should we expect that she knows how to fail now? This entire generation has never been allowed to fail. You never come in last. You never, everybody gets a trophy. Everybody, every, you know, we don't keep score. How are you supposed to recover from failure from an adult? If you've never been given a chance to recover from failure as a kid, not to harp on my fantastic uh, championship, uh, little league baseball career. But when I started playing little league baseball, my team went 0 and 10 and the next year we went 10 and 0 and, and, the 10 and 0 wouldn't have meant anything to me if we hadn't gone there. Oh, and 10 is hard when you're 10 years old to lose every single game and not win one of them, you know.
0: Sure.
1: But our coach said, well, you guys did the best you could. We'll head over to 7-11, get some slurpees, and we'll get them next time. And, and, and so you, you do. And then when you finally win that game, it's like, okay, I get it. But if you can't, if you can't learn these kind of things at age 7, 6, 7, 8, 9, okay. then how are you expected to deal with them when you're, when you're 30? This is why people are having nervous breakdowns because they, they, they realize they have to do the laundry, you know? <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. It's like, I don't know how to do the laundry. Mom always did the laundry. You well, know? guess what, kid? You know, you're going to have to grow up fast.
0: <laughs> they, they, they do have like instructions. I'm pretty sure you can figure it out.
1: I have such, I have, I mean, a lot of people say I'm so hard on millennials and I am. Yeah. But the reason I'm hard on them is because I care about them. I know that sounds like uh, I'm covering my tracks, but it's really true. I worry about what's going to happen to these grown children when the adults die off.
0: Sure. Yeah. And what's going to happen to the society
1: and the culture? When, when the children realize that there are no adults left anymore, what's yeah. going to
0: happen? Right. That's it's a pretty scary thought. Yeah. So, yeah. So back to, uh, you know, what do we think are some of the things that we're going to see that are going to get worse before they get better? So like the the transgenderism. Well,
1: the uh, Afghanistan retreat was a a, a pretty uh, striking example of the military competence of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and all the rest of these anti-American clowns. Uh, People, let's take like concrete, I I saw two specific concrete examples, I saw them on TV. The first one was that couple who um, lived in that gated community, they were Black Lives Matter supporters, and then all this crowd gathered outside and they finally come outside with their guns and say, you're not gonna tor- torture our house. I think those people probably started voting Republican. In fact, I know they did because they showed up at the Republican National Convention. I saw one of a, of a BLM crowd moving through a, a liberal neighborhood and a, and a shouting match. And then only a, fish, a fist fight began when this white guy came out and said, hey man, you know we're on your side. We're 100% down with the movement. And they weren't interested in him being down with the movement. You know, you, you, you don't get to be part of the movement. You're the enemy. And, and this guy, th- this, th- this is the argument, right? This, this is the, uh, but I'm one of the good ones argument. Right. And, and I, I read a book of, uh, and I've forgotten the name of the author. You'll know it because you know everything. It was about the destruction of, of, uh, of Jews in, in uh, Europe as a result of uh, the Holocaust. And the writer who was Jewish scholar, talked about something called anticipatory compliance. And, and what he was getting at there is, when they, would, when they would, in a certain camp, when they would make people wear the yellow star, you would think that everybody would resist it, but they didn't, they lined up. They lined up to get the star because they wanted to show the people who had life and death power over them that we're the good ones. We're following the rules and we're obeying the laws. You don't have to worry about us. We're with the program, we're down with whatever you want. And uh, it didn't save them and, and it never will.
0: So so much of that now.
1: Yeah, I mean, when, when we had the um the 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 George Floyd riots in L.A., I'm I'm driving down Ventura Boulevard. You and I b- both know exactly where we're talking about here in Sherman Oaks, and I'm seeing all of these storefronts boarded up, and every single one of them had Wee Heart BLM on it, right? And it's like it's like anointing the Lindel with the, with the blood, right? Like, Angel of Death, please pass over this this house. Right, we're part of you. We're we're we go smash their windows because we're we're on your side, and and it doesn't matter. They don't care. It's not about it's not about what they say it's about. It's about smashing things. Yep. And and when I see these people taking a knee to this, because that's exactly what it is. It's like basically, you know, it's like, please don't hurt us. You know, we're on your side. Here we are boarding up our house because of your movement, or boarding up, our, or or the people who we know just lost everything because you smashed all their windows. But but we're on your side. We're down with. We're one hundred percent behind you. So please spare us and leave us alone. And it doesn't work that way. And and when you're dealing with people whose primary character trait is cowardice, that doesn't leave them anywhere to go, right? I mean, that's really what it comes down to. It's 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 people who cannot accept the fact that there are people who are out to kill you are the kind of people who who cannot face what that means, right? right? What that means is you're going to have to defend yourself. That's what it means. And, um, and there are some people who would just, just not capable of getting there.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's so true. It it is really interesting looking at uh, BLM and, you know, what they purported to Symbolize and stand for, and what they actually represent, and I mean, I remember you were one of the people who introduced the Frankfurt School to me. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I, you know, it's a notion that there could be some sort of separation between the culture and the, you know, economics of the society uh, is a complete fallacy. That yeah, I
1: just did. I did my morning show on this. Um, some free advice for General Hilly, uh, who doesn't understand. Um, uh, what the whole woke, woke culture is, but he's anxious to learn about it, having already introduced it to the military. He's, he's decided to find out what it is. That's, that's good.
0: Um, but the Frankfurt
1: head. School, the whole Frankfurt School and everything that followed, the whole destruction of this country is predicated on a very simple uh, set of decisions that were made in the 1920s. Uh, when World War I was over and all of Europe is in smoking ruins, the communists who'd been told that, that, that the workers' revolution is inevitable. It's scientific fact. That's what they believe Marxism was. So they're looking around and they're saying, how come we didn't get uh, Marxism in Germany? It was uh, it's supposed to happen to industrialized countries. We didn't get it in Germany, didn't get it in England, didn't get it in France, didn't get it in the United States. We did get it in Russia, but that's an agrarian society. None of this is making sense. Where's our communism? Well, it turns out that the capitalists are making life so good for the workers that they've got no reason to launch a revolution. Some of them have cars. So instead of being happy with this, they decided, well, if if the revolution is not going to come through the workers, then we'll bring it in somewhere else. We'll bring it in through the culture. Instead of the workers, it will be the dispossessed. And that's all there is to it. They're going to be the vanguards of the revolution. We're going to divide society up into tribes, turn all the tribes against the middle, never let them fight against each other. You can't have blacks and homosexuals duking it out. It's all got to be aimed towards the center. Divide the center up, totally undermine its moral base, and then wait for it to collapse under the weight of its own decency. And, uh, and that's exactly what's happening. But the reason I feel good about 10 years from now is because nobody's yeah. buying this stuff. Nobody's buying it. They, 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 they make a woke Star Wars and people say, I love Star Wars my whole life. What a shame, I guess I'm just not gonna watch Star Wars anymore. They make a woke Star Trek and lifelong Star Trek fans saying I'm done, I'm done with Star Trek, I'm done. Even when they force feed it to you that way, I, I consider it a form of stolen valor. You know, Stolen yeah. valor is the idea where you get somebody who, who never made it in the military, gets dressed up in a, in a SEALs outfit and wants all of the adulation that comes from being a Navy SEAL, which Navy SEALs have earned. And so, they, and so they, they steal the valor of people by dressing up like the people who've earned the respect, and they, they want to get the respect for free. Well, that's what they do when they make a Star Trek show. It's about this, this uh, Black woman who does nothing but cry, but she's Spock's little sister. Really? He didn't mention that in, in the last 40 years. They're putting, his, they're putting the mantle of Spock onto this plank of wood to give it the appearance of, of having earned it. But it's not they didn't earn it they stole it and nobody's buying this courtney nobody nobody wants it 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 just any it's get woke go broke period across the board all the time now if it turned out that that woke movies were box office smashes and and everybody was just loving this whole thing then i would say we were really really in trouble but it's it's a period in time when these people are making their power play and and even though we're in the middle of the power play right now, nobody wants the product.
0: Yeah, no, that, that we're definitely seeing that, that people are, are realizing they're piercing the veil, they're seeing what's yeah. underneath it. Yeah. What do you think about all this? Uh, I, I think that the wokeism is being exposed and people are seeing it for the lies that it, it really is. But I, I'm a little less confident about the medical tyranny you know that everything is being done. It's always for your safety. I mean, that's what they said in Nazi Germany, and the parallels are astounding. They're true. I heard,
1: yeah, I just just ten minutes before we started recording, I saw that uh, Australia herded twenty thousand children into a stadium and vaccinated them without their consent or their parents' consent. That's time to pull people out of the government offices and 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 beat them with tire irons. That is. Beyond and, and to the credit of the Australians, this is going on right now in real time as we record this. They're rioting in the streets now. Australians. Those are not what I would normally call, you know, uh, agitator type people. They're, they're 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 they've got a sense of independence. They're very much like Americans, but but they're law abiding people, and they are they are smashing windows, saying, "What what the hell is going on?" They're shooting all of the pets in the in the in the animal shelters because. Since everybody's locked down, they're concerned that people will come in to feed the starving animals and therefore they'll spread this horrible deadly disease, which kills 99.9996% of, oh, wait a minute, sorry, uh, spares, spares. See, that's a significant difference in terms of that statistic. It's a big difference between a disease that kills 99.98% of the people versus one, that uh, spares 99.98% of the 10% of the people that actually get it.
0: Right, right. No, that, that under those statistics, it doesn't even qualify as an epidemic, let alone the pan, a pandemic. And the CDC look- into that.
1: Yes, and and look, look. The, uh, to me, the bedrock issue here is not even is not even the numbers. It's not even this. It's the idea that somehow we are owed a life free of disease. That that we we are absolutely one hundred percent guaranteed by law to die peacefully in our sleep in a bed at hundred years old, surrounded by our relatives. You know, there's a new way to die now, uh, and 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 I believe that was manufactured, and I believe it was let out by mistake. But let's say I'm wrong. Let's say I'm wrong. Let's say that it's a complete just moved out of nature, and here it is, okay? So, yes, now there's a new way to die. That's right, and, and adults have to face the fact that that's a new way to die. It's nice when you, feel, when you look at that to say, well, yes, there is a new way to die now, but there are lots of old ways of dying that aren't with us anymore. I don't have to die of smallpox anymore. I don't have to die of yellow fever anymore. I don't have to die of, of polio. I don't have to die of diphtheria. I don't have to die of typhus. I don't have to die of any of these things. These things that just cut third of the population out. Bubonic plague doesn't scare me at all. Because if I develop bubonic plague, and, and that's getting more likely living in Los Angeles, then, then I, a simple antibiotic shot, I'm fine, right? Yeah. So you take all of these things off of the mortality chart. And instead of making people more grateful and tougher, it just makes them more scared and more weak. They get more and more scared. The safer you keep people, the more scared they become.
0: Of course, yeah.
1: So yeah. the amygdala response right? They got, they, 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 they're never presented with threats. So they get, they get that built in reaction that has kept us alive as a species is designed to make you get furious, pump you full of adrenaline to either run or fight a leopard on your back. And yeah. now when you get soy milk, instead of the almond milk, that's the biggest threat you face. And you go right to that place and, and you start throwing things around. And, you know, it's pretty simple, really. I know a number of Navy SEALs and none of them are are particularly terrified. They don't get the vapors when they see a kid chew a Pop-Tart into the general shape of a pistol. And the reason they're not scared about that is because they've had guys with real pistols shooting at them, trying to kill them. And that's why the people I know who are either test pilots or or, uh, frontline special forces guys, they're the bravest, most fearless people I know because they're scared shitless all the time by real threats, you know? When they're not getting shot at with an AK-47 in some, some shack in Afghanistan, they can go to the beach in Malibu and not worry about a damn thing. And, and, and that's because they've got a, a, a threat uh, assessment mechanism that is well-tuned to what's actually dangerous.
0: Yeah, and to have that, that ability to adjudicate risk versus reward, what do you need? You need critical thinking.
1: And experience, right? You need experience. Yeah. I mean, I would have an entirely different view of, of masks and, and hand sanitizers if this thing were killing 40% of the population. Sure, sure. I'd have an entirely different view about it. But but it's it, so we, we panic over smaller and smaller and smaller things. And eventually we're in panic all the time. And that's basically how things are now. When I see these people who are like, you know, uh, why aren't you wearing your mask? It's like, you really don't want this to end, do you? You really don't. I, I did a piece on this not too long ago, and I called it um, coerced cowardice. And, and what, what I said was during the, the period of the lockdown, everybody was required by law to act as scared as the most scared people among us. And they like that a lot <laughs> because now everybody has to be afraid, right? Or at least look like they're- It
0: located at the lowest denominator.
1: Exactly. And now that people are, are, are getting back to, uh, look, I'm not one of these people Oh, so it's all completely fiction. It doesn't even exist. No, but this is the world we live in. It's in the air now. It's never going away. So you get on with your life and, and you take your losses. That's really the expression I'm looking for. And this is the thing that you will be pilloried for and, 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 and canceled for. But that ultimately is it. We got to take our losses. This new thing is here. It's going to kill some of us. Not many but some, and we cannot avoid it. It is an airborne, highly contagious virus. It's like the cold, it's here. So, yeah. all right. So how do we deal with this? So, so, so we face it, Right. you know?
0: Right, and nope. everything that they're telling us to do uh, decreases our immunity, our natural immune system, and increases our fear, which right. reduces our immunity.
1: Exactly, Yeah. And, 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 and I think this is what they want. And I, I know you've covered this in a lot of other podcasts, but uh, if I had not had a conversation, a three-hour conversation with you a month or two ago, uh, I would have been in line for that vaccine. And then I found out some things about that from you. And I have a high degree of confidence in your ability to understand complex issues and come to a reasonable conclusion because you're not only smart, you know how to think critically. When you tell me something is suspicious, that gets my attention Um, because you've earned it and, and you can back it up. So, yeah. Yeah. When you, when you see people saying things like, well, I have natural immunity. Well, you need the vaccination anyway. Isn't the vaccinations Efficacy measured against natural immunity? Isn't, isn't natural immunity the gold standard? I just told you I contracted uh, COVID 19 and recovered from it. I now have the gold standard of, of defense against this virus. And now you're telling me I have to take a vaccine that, that, in the best case scenario, might be 85, 90% of what I've already got. Why are you making me do this? Why?
0: Why? Exactly.
1: Why are you making me do this? Because this not only isn't science, this is just plain insanity. It doesn't make any sense at all. There's there, and, and the more they insist on it, the more suspicious I become.
0: Yeah. And rightfully so. Rightfully so. Because, they, you know, I, the thing I keep saying is, why would you spend $10 billion to sell a medical miracle? If it's yeah. a miracle, shouldn't it sell itself?
1: <laughs> I, when, you know. I mean, I'm sure you've talked about this before, but when we first had this conversation, uh, we're basically saying, you know, that that, um, that, that this thing alters your DNA, there's little RNA packages in there and so on. And I said, I said, Courtney, vaccines don't work that way. And you said, because it's not a vaccine. Yeah. There is no dead piece of COVID-19 or weakened piece of COVID-19 that is injected into your body, your body is now manufacturing spike protein shells for the rest of your life and and so will your kids. And that's when I realized, okay, now look, maybe, maybe everything's fine. But maybe this is a way to make sure that you have to get your regular shots. And if you don't, it's a death clock.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Here's we've given you we've we've started the death clock. You you have to come to us every two years or every year or whatever in order to not die. Well, now that changes the equation, doesn't it? In terms of, uh, of, of people's rebelliousness and distrust of government. Now, I'm an open-minded guy. I'm willing to assume that this whole thing may be, in fact, be completely spurious and that the thing is completely safe. But, but as in the case of global warming, this should, and the election, by the way, these three things should be easy to prove, right? If they are what they say they are, then they should be easy to prove. And the fact that they don't even want to talk about them and furthermore shut up anybody who does want to talk yeah. about them is an indication to me that you don't have a whole lot of evidence on your side. I'll debate anybody about the moon landing, anybody. Because I'll, I'll blow them away. I've got me 30 a lot people se- for you. It'll,
0: take me, It'll <laughs> take me 30 seconds. It'll take me 30
1: seconds to do it. But, but when you don't hear that about these major issues,
0: yeah, what does that tell you? Yeah, exactly. And I think that that, so this is where I'm really scared about the future is the fact that voices are being shut down and any opposition is being shut down. Did you see the uh, new uh, list of uh, terrorist threats?
1: I think I did. It was uh, enough to make you sick, like uh, uh, people who believe in gun rights, people who have uh, opinions about whether the election was fraudulent or whether the vaccine is safe we're now the number one threat to America.
0: And uh, also uh, 9-11 and uh, uh, high holidays. So now people who you know, celebrate any kind of religious holiday are-
1: it's Religious freaks and nuts,
0: no, extremists
1: no. who could be at any moment open fire on innocent people. And we're 9/11. simply going about their masked business
0: <laughs> as ordered. And I, right, exactly. And I know a lot of people who are not even, you know, all that religious who celebrate high holidays. And I, I'm curious what they're, you know, how they pose the threat to society. They're congregating with their loved ones, they're celebrating tradition. They may even go around blessing people. If you
1: want to really take this to, to, to the highest level, and, and the most terrifying thing I've ever seen is the the selfish ledger, which is Google's internal playbook for how they want the future to go. You're not a person. You are a series of mouse clicks. You're a ledger. You're a a record of of all of the websites you visited and so on. I'm utterly convinced that they're collecting that people, people think that they're collecting this data on us so that we can be individually blackmailed. Like they're going to come after me. They don't care about you. They don't care about me. What they want to know is what is the large mass of people going to do? How far can we push them before they, before they actually, you know, bite us? And, and that, they they refine that that data all the time, but but if you really step back 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 from it,
0: yeah.
1: And this and this uh, this injection that they're calling a vaccine is what it at least could be, then you really set up a, a, a case of natural selection for rebelliousness and intelligence. Yep. Right. I mean, if you, because that if 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 this is true, yeah. then the people that aren't taking it are intelligent enough to understand that it's not a vaccine because I'm 100 percent in favor of vaccines. I don't think kids need to get 70 different vaccines in one shot, but we're here because and we did a smallpox with some smallpox vaccines have saved billions and billions of lives. Right, So I'm not an anti-vaccine guy, but, but I'm smart enough to know that there's something funny about this one, and I'm rebellious enough to, want to not go along and take the shot. And the more they tell me to, the less I'm w- willing to even think about it. And so what is, what, what is the end result of that, if this is true? The people who go along, the only people that are not under the control of the people who do this are the people who are smart and rebellious. Yeah. And to be honest with you, that's the side I want to be on.
0: Yeah, because I
1: don't find these people very bright at all or or very courageous or I I don't think they believe in anything. This is the thing, you know, this is the thing I'm convinced that, that because of technology look, in the 20th century, if you wanted to control people and tell them what to do. You had to use machine guns, right? That's it. You, if you wanted to control people, you had to you had to shoot them, and 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 they had to live in fear of being shot. Now
0: well, there's a lot of social engineering through uh, literary works and uh, art. Okay,
1: and- but when push comes to shove, yes. when push comes to shove, they're lining people up with guns. Sure. Yeah. Okay, so that's hundred years ago. So the kind of person that succeeds in an, in a in a social experiment like that. Are ruthlessly brutal psychopaths like Hitler and Stalin and Mao. Yeah,
0: totally.
1: Now we're being controlled through the through the flow of information and we're being steered. No one's got a gun to our head. You know, no, when you when people shut up and say, Oh, I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to I, I'm sorry if I offended the woke gods and they take a knee and stuff. No one's forcing them to do that. It's peer pressure. But yeah, here's sure. my point. If we're being controlled by information, then the people that are controlling us now are not psychopaths. Yeah. They're uh, they, they Asperger might... syndrome autistics. Who? Because the people, because the people who 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 got to be tech giants right. have a certain kind of intelligence. That's yeah. unique to engineers and especially unique to information type personnel. It, and Asperger's syndrome is, the, is, is essentially defined as the lack of ability to emotionally connect to other people in a way that most baseline people would Related consider to, to be it. normal, right? They're comfortable with their machines, not comfortable with people. So the people that are making our decisions now, they don't, they don't think about the people the way that you and I think about people. No. we're not we're not real people they don't know what people are. they don't have that relationship with anybody in their lives
0: i, I would actually say it's a it's it, it goes one step further than that it's actually even worse than that because they are being controlled by actual psychopaths who pull their <laughs> puppet strings <laughs> yeah. and you know, they yeah that's who they answer to so now we have these uh, you know oddly related people who are not you know versed in the uh, spiritual, emotional component of humanity, who are being controlled by people who, you know, have who are psychopaths. So, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah this is like, I mean, and said, goes
0: step further because those people are now training artificial intelligence to create a feedback loop to further control us. Yeah.
1: What could go wrong, right? What could possibly go right. wrong? Um, <laughs> engineering viruses to engineering animal viruses that were never seen in the human population before the, the 2000s. There were no coronavirus specialists in human health before exactly. 2000 because there were no coronavirus infections in humans before 2000. Exactly. And then comes uh, SARS and then comes MERS and now we have sars too, all from the same part of the world, by the way, which we can't mention because it's uh, racist. But all of this stuff is... is who it, Who honestly thinks it's a good idea to figure out how to make deadly viruses unless you are working as a bioweapons plant, right? That kind of thing needs to be stopped. Yeah. And, these, and, and, and this, well, they can't possibly, we have all these protections and all of these safeguards and all. Well, guess what? Guess what? You, you, you're wrong.
0: Yeah.
1: It got out. And, and I have the same argument for people who say we should be building machines that are smarter than we are. No, 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 no. We're going to put in all of these uh, safeguards and we're, all these program things and all. And, 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 so, and, and so you're going to do that. And a machine that's smarter than you, which then creates a machine that's much smarter than you, and in the space of two or three years has created a machine that's 100 times smarter than you, is not going to be able to figure out a way around this, right? You're like a chimp in a, in a, in a laboratory that's got a plan to escape by throwing a banana peel on the floor, you know? Right. And, then, and then when the human uh, bends over, you just run out the door and you're free. No, you're not going to escape. The humans are smarter than you are. Yeah. And, and this, this arrogance of it, the arrogance of it, you know?
0: The arrogance the, the, and the uh, lack of a moral foresight, you know, it, it reminds me of the Jurassic Park line. Like we were, they were so, the scientists were so concerned with what they could do. They forgot to stop and think about whether they should do.
1: Exactly right. <laughs> Exactly. And, and this comes back to the argument I was just making a minute ago about this Asperger's thing, right? When you get to the level of these kind of scientists, you're dealing with people who don't really have human connections. They don't really think about it. You know, it's a, it's a train set. It's a problem. It's a hobby. It's, it's something I'm building. It's a computer model. It's a problem to solve and I'm going to solve it by God. And, and, and when you say, well, what happens if you're wrong? Well, I can't be wrong. Really? Uh,
0: Okay.
1: You human. You yeah, 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 you could use a little humility and, um, and but they don't, uh, you know, I don't, um, I don't know. Uh, the the AI thing, that, that I think the term they're using is hard AI, which is self-aware AI. I mean, AI that'll design a, a smoother boat hull or something. That's not, it's not self-aware AI, but but hard AI. Uh, but, and you know what? Here's the thing, and maybe I'll just wrap up with this.
0: Yeah.
1: Let's just say that they're right. Okay. I love to do this. I I always just love to start from granting the the the, the just granting the case, right? This the
0: is how debate works, right? So That's right. So
1: let's just so let's just do it. So yeah. so yeah. So instead of fighting against this AI thing, let's just say that they're absolutely right. Okay. That they will be able to create. Um, artificial intelligences that are far more advanced than we are and that will do everything better than we do and that they will not have any evil purpose whatsoever, they'll, they'll come up with a cure for cancer and they'll do all of these things, right? Let's just grant them, let's just grant them that nothing goes off the rails and everything's fine. What is the point of, of being alive in a world where anything you try to build is either already built by something better than you? or will be built by something better than you. What's the point? I, I'm friends with Bert Rutan, who's a revolutionary aircraft designer. What's the point of being Bert Rutan and coming up with a new design when AI is already de- No, No, there's, you will never surpass it. You'll never, you'll never surpass the paintings that AI can do. You'll never surpass the performances that AI can do through 3D actors. You, there, what is left for us to do?
0: But that is Ex- the goal the transhuman agenda. They wanted to surpass you know, the needs of humans.
1: Yeah, they, they, they want us, they, they, they think the job of humanity is to extinct itself, so that we can launch this, and, and they do that because, because they fear dying, and they think that they will achieve some sort of mechanical um, uh, immortality, and, and I have no doubt at all that these alphabet guys are utterly convinced that they're going to live long enough to do this.
0: And control. And, then they can control everything
1: else. And think about that too. Let's just say they pull it off, right? Yeah. Let's just say they were able to take your consciousness and transfer it into a a, 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 a silicon based um, form. Mm-hmm. And now you're thinking thousands of times, orders and orders of magnitude faster than you can think now. What is that? How do you how do you survive that?
0: Right. If
1: if you could have ten thousand thoughts in the time it took for me to say hello what kind of life is that
0: yeah exactly. do
1: they even think about this ever no,
0: they don't because they're not they're not thinking about humanity That that's not their goal that is not their.
1: well they can commit suicide if they want to but i ain't going with them that's yeah. that's the way i look at things you know
0: yeah i mean so i don't I mind
1: thought- walking along the edge of a cliff but i know what a cliff is and i know what falling off a cliff does and um And I know that sometimes the edge of the cliff can give way, even though you think you're standing on solid ground. Sometimes you're not, you know? Oh,
0: that's so true. So true. What is some advice you have for, uh, for freedom lovers, you know, certainly Americans to try and do what they can to save this country, for Californians to try to save the state and for freedom lovers and people who value it around the world,
1: uh, talk to each other, do podcasts, like what you're doing, uh, the, the cycle of history is crystal clear. Uh, it takes hundreds and hundreds of years for society to reach its peak, and when a society becomes powerful enough that it no longer has competitors and there's no longer a wolf at the door, you would have thought that Romans would have been putting colonies on Saturn two thousand years ago, right? Once Rome became unchallenged, you would have thought that the that now that there's no one to fight against Rome, you would have thought that their progress would have just been astronomical it turns out that's exactly the opposite of what happens right so when societies get too prop when societies get too comfortable um, uh, there's when there's such abundance that you no longer think you have to work for work for, for work all of it collapses and this has happened throughout all of human history it's built into who we are it's built into us nothing we can do about it nothing um, but the only thing that's different about this particular cycle is, all of these cases of civilizational collapse have happened from the top down. Always, it's always the nobility that gets bored. You know, it's yeah. some douchebag in a in a in a silk robe gets up at midnight, opens the gates to the barbarians. The people, the uh, the, the regular citizens on the wall know if we let these people in, they're going to slaughter all of us. But this other person either doesn't care or is just bored. Maybe it'll. Be, who knows? Perhaps it'll be a bit of a thrill. You know, fine. Okay. So the only thing that's different this time, around, is that. For the first time, common people get to talk directly to each other without having to go through um, the priesthood or the nobility. And, and that's, why, that's why despair is their goal. And that's why communication is the, is the best thing, you know, uh, to, to find out that, that you're, not, you're not crazy. Uh, all of the gaslighting that's going on designed to make you feel like you're the last sane person on earth, meaning you're, you must be insane. Right. Just talk about it, communicate it and um, and argue about it you know argue about it uh, we we i come to the truth by confronting uh, i like to say i'm never wrong and i'm never wrong because when somebody shows me that the truth is someplace else i move over there
0: right you know?
1: i'll just move there uh, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, so I'm going to stand on where, on where the truth is, and and that's a great shield. So that would be my limited and, advice. And
0: what people. a fun journey is that, right? That I mean, that's the true intellectual curiosity. You get that's to- right. Yeah.
1: That's that's right. And and now you're talking about how that comes back to the emotional thing because only people are only people who have a, a psychological security are capable of saying, "Well, I was wrong about that." No, that was, no, I was completely 100% wrong about that. This certainly seems to make more sense. I like changing my mind. It doesn't happen very often um, mm-hmm. anymore, but it, But uh, I changed virtually everything I believed when I was younger. And sometimes I say to myself, what if uh, a, 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 an 80-year-old version of me were to come back in a time machine and say, Bill, everything you believe now, this whole conservative thing, completely wrong. I would say, all right, I'm listening. Mm-hmm make the case. And if it turned out he could make the case, then I'd realize, okay, but if not, let's say this guy's an imposter. Uh, <laughs>
0: right. some,
1: it's some robot terminator sent back in time to take me out of the, 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 the time loop because they know I'm so dangerous.
0: Be, be careful, that, that might be coming.
1: <laughs> That's right. My replicant is knocking at the door as we speak.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Well, this this was amazing. That's been Did, fun. Anything else that you want to add? And uh, you know, no. you tell everybody where they can find all your wonderful. Oh, no, it's art. all at
1: it's all at Bill and uh, Bill Whittle channel on YouTube. Although we've already had a strike against us, I think they're trying their best to pull us down. Uh, and you know what? I don't even care. Um, sure. We host our videos on Rumble now, and and yeah. that's for people who are adults who can handle free speech. Um, yeah, but uh, just keep, you know, and you you know what it's like to be out there, al- well, it feels like you're alone yeah. in the middle of a sea of, of, uh, of intentional ignorance, but yeah. just keep doing what you're doing, court to you know, you're not, you're not alone. I'd rather have a few good people around me than a whole bunch of lousy ones. Yeah, thank you.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Um, I keep saying, you know, because there are a lot of people who are telling me they don't they don't want the information, that, you know, it's too scary, it's too daunting, it's too depressing, and I keep saying, you know, ignorance is bliss until reality smacks you in the face. Yeah,
1: you can run from the information, but the information is not going to stop running from you, you know. Um, you may not want anything to do with government, you want to get out of politics, but politics is coming for you, so you, it's coming, and you not wanting to face it is... decision but you can either be prepared for it or not you know what it's like it's very similar in a way to people who um who suspect that they they start seeing symptoms of something like really scary like cancer or something and they refuse to go to the doctor because they're afraid of what they might hear yes and and my attitude to that has always been my god you know how would i live with the fact that I, i now i'm in the hospital and I'm in these terminal stages. And if I had done something about it when I first knew about it, how, I, I'd be okay now. How can you live with that? That would be unbearable to me. Um, so when I, when I see something I don't like, I go, I go take care of it. And, and then you're relieved, yeah. you know? Just, just basic. it, downward. it's coming, it's coming. You cannot run it. You can either get run over by it or you can, you can at least understand it and either get out of its way or push it back.
0: Yeah. Exactly. And I think that's empowering, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah these
1: what... people aren't going to win. They're, they're, they're inhuman, pride-driven, yes. egomaniac weenies. And, yes. and, and they're only winning because we allow them to win.
0: Yes. And more people need to stand up. And Yeah.
1: Oh, well, well, then people will cancel me. Well, then what do you care? I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Whatever. Do what you want. Can I
0: ask you? uh, Did they say what the? uh, uh, Yes. Or? Yeah. I was. um,
1: I was uh, promoting um, uh, inaccurate medical advice Mm
0: -hmm. because the
1: vaccine has been proven to be safe and effective Mm -hmm. uh, by um, by the fact checkers that work for Facebook.
0: Ah, I see. Uh, Uh They're very safe and effective. So you
1: can't discuss whether it's safe or effective. So this is the thing that this is the, this is the thing that we started with, if it's so safe and effective, what are you worried about a couple of lunatics running around saying it's a, it's it's not why why would that bother you.
0: The evidence you know? should prove itself. Yeah,
1: I don't I don't have to silence people who believe that the moon landing was fake because I know it was real and I can prove it and um, and and if I tried to shut you up. That might be because maybe I couldn't prove it
0: right exactly it, it's kind of lazy right.
1: Yeah. And, and it's, and it's a, it's a, uh, it's a tell too.
0: Yes. It's, it's very revealing. Absolutely. Yeah. So, all right. So people need to have the courage to be canceled and to speak up and to, to keep forging ahead and And you're doing
1: it, kid, you're doing it and you're paying the price for it, but it's either that or, or, or join the, you know, army of darkness.
0: Yeah. No, that's, that's what I keep saying is it's just, it's really, I do feel feel that this is a spiritual battle, and you know, like the best thing that we can do is to shine light. So, if we keep shining light, hopefully, then we can expose, you know, the corruption, and then it's up to p- other people to see what they want to see and to stand and that's, up. Want to what they stand up for?
1: And that's our great, great, great weapon, is that, is that darkness is the absence of light. You cannot manufacture darkness. You cannot. You, ca- you cannot have a darkness projector and turn it on and have the room go black. All you can do is keep light out. Light, if you put a candle on the 50 yard line of the Super Bowl, turn off all the other lights, you will light up the entire uh, arena to some degree. Um, and that's why they have to paper over all the windows. But when you're on the side of the truth, it's a one way street. There is no anti-light. <laughs>
0: exactly, exactly, exactly. Well, we will definitely do this again. I'm this
1: looking great. forward to it. Awesome. Okay. Thank you.